turn with me to Matthew chapter number 9. Matthew chapter number 9 and then Luke chapter number 5. We're going to look at both of them. They are the exact same account. Uh, one from Matthew's view and one from Luke's view. Uh, we're going to look at both of them because they both give a few more details than the other. And I want to see both accounts so we can get a, a clear picture of what we are reading. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Matthew chapter 9, we are going through the book of Matthew. Actually, we're going through the whole New Testament, but we're in Matthew right now. Uh, we're going to backtrack a little bit because we did a, a little bit of, of Matthew 10, but there's some more uh, goodies out of Matthew 9. We don't need to leave no meat on the bones. Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 9. And, and while you're turning, I want to give uh, kind of an update of where we are with our, our project for uh, uh, North Vietnam. Uh, do y'all have this picture right here? Brother Dustin, put that picture up there. Uh, this is where we're at as far as uh, our, our goal. Uh, our goal is 150000 And most of you know we have churches that are going to match our giving. And, and so when we're through, we're going to be able to contribute 300000 to make this happen. Somebody say amen. All right, last week, last week we had, that uh, came in $83,087, was raised last Sunday, all in one offering. Uh, $13,452 was pledged before uh, December the 31st, 2019, which gives us a total right now, uh, up until now, $96,629. Let's give God praise and glory right there. Thank you, Lord. That song says it all. Thank you, Lord. Now, We've got a little work to do. We've got a little work to do. We've got 53371 left to reach our $150,000 goal. And, and, and we're kind of, uh, we're a little behind where we were last year. Uh, but last year, uh, we didn't reach it the very first day. But, but before everything came in, I think our goal was 150000 And we raised $180,000. And, and what you've seen today is where that money went. Are y'all with me? 48 different training centers with over just in those uh, those planners had to been trained throughout the year. And so they started in May and from May till now over 400 churches have been planted because of what you did last year. Can we give God praise and glory and honor? Now, I don't, I, now we got way more people in here than that. That's terrible. Come on, let's give God honor and praise and glory. Amen. Now, be praying about it. Be praying about what God wants you to do. And we're going to continue to raise this till we meet our goal and, uh, and, and be done with it there. So somebody say amen. amen. All right. We are in Matthew chapter number nine in verse number nine. Are you there? Say amen. amen. And it says, and as Jesus passed forth from thence, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the receipt of custom. That means he was a tax collector. All right. And, and when we look in Luke, it's going to call him a publican, all right? He's going to name him Levi, and, and I'll explain that in a minute, all right? Uh, sitting at the receipt of customs, and he saith unto him, what? Follow me. And he arose and followed him. And it came to pass, as Jesus sat at meat in the house, behold, many publicans and sinners came and sat down with him. Now, in, the, in Luke, we're going to see he calls them others. Now, Matthew just goes ahead and tells you they sinners, Okay, they sinners, and we'll explain that, but we'll see the difference there. And it says, and when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto his disciples, why? Say that with me. Why? Say it again. Why? That's, that's kind of what we're going to answer today. Why? Why did Jesus do that? 
And we're going to answer, why are we doing this? What's the whole point, right? Why, why eateth your master with publicans and sinners? They didn't understand his motive. They didn't understand his method. They didn't understand what he was doing. But when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, they that behold need not a physician or they that behold need not a physician, but they that are sick. But go ye and learn what that meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice. In other words, in other words, he's that sacrifice is an outward act of religion. He's saying, I'm not looking for the outward. I'm looking for the real deal on the inside. For I am not come to call the righteous. Say it with me. But. But. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for your blessings and your mercy. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for the opportunity and the privilege to just be with some great people, Lord, that care. Lord, they have a burden to see people saved and and they are generous and they are putting, uh, Lord, we're putting our money where our mouth is and we're, we're, we're not just talking about it, we're doing something about it. Thank you so much for Cujo and his efforts and, uh, Lord, the things that, that he is doing there to reach his continent for the cause of Christ. And, God, I pray as we team together, I pray as, Lord, we team with Brother Bounds in the, in the east, I pray, God, that we'll just uh, make a huge dent in the devil's kingdom. And, Lord, we'll praise you and thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. 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 I like Cujo. Amen. All right, all right, all right. Now, here's, here's what I want to do. Flip over to Luke now. Let's flip over to Luke now, and, and we're going to read Luke's account. And this is the same identical situation, okay? This is the same situation. But I, 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 want, to, I want to go from Luke, uh, and, and, and we're going to see some things and, and tie it all together here. All right? Luke chapter number 5. Luke chapter number 5 in verse number 27. Luke chapter 5 in verse number 27. It says, and after these things, he went forth and saw a publican. He saw a publican named Levi sitting at the receipt of customs. Now we know who this is, right? Who is this? This is Matthew. This is one of the disciples who becomes an apostle, but he doesn't start out as a God fearer. He doesn't start out as a disciple. He doesn't start out as an apostle. He starts out as a hated tax collector. Are y'all with me? Tax collectors were traitors to the Jewish people. They were teaming up with the Roman uh, government to take taxes. And, And listen, when they took taxes, this is how they got paid. Whatever they could bring in over the taxes was theirs to keep. So you know there was some serious extortion going on. Are y'all with me? Say amen. And they were hated by the people. They wouldn't, they were just as hated as the Samaritan people. They wouldn't spit on them if they was on fire. Some of them didn't even believe they had a soul. They were completely despised and hated by the Jewish people. Yet Jesus went to him and said, follow me. Look what he did. Verse 28. And he left all, rose up and followed him. And Levi made. So, so now we're going to see. Now we're going to see. Now Matthew didn't say it. He was being humble. Uh, but it was Matthew that made this feast. He, he, he threw a party. He threw a, a, a feast together. And look what happens at this feast. It says, made him a great feast in his own house. And there was a great company of publicans. In other words, a whole bunch of other tax collectors. And a great company of what? 
others. Now we know by Matthew's account, who were the others? They were, they were sinners. Uh, they were probably prostitutes. They were probably other, other uh, uh, thieving extortioners. They were probably some of the hitmen that they would send out and some of the enforcers they would send out to beat people up if they didn't pay their taxes. These were some bad people. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now, it goes on to say, when they sat down with them, the scribes and the Pharisees, this was the religious crowd. This was the, ch- good, the, the good church going people. They murmured against his disciples saying, Why do you eat and drink with publicans and sinners? And Jesus answering said unto them, They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. Verse 32, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Now, here's here's, uh, something that a a Bible scholar wrote that uh, pertaining to our time right now in the American church. He says a perennial problem the church of Jesus Christ faces today is a lack of focus on its mission. A lack of focus on its mission. Widespread confusion exists over what that primary mission should be. Some argue that the church should lead the crusade for social justice for the poor and downtrodden. Others see it as a political force to help change the culture. Still others view their church as a private club where they can come socialize with their friends. And boy, we see that today. But on a more biblical note, the church's goal is to mature the saints through the preaching of the word, fellowship, and discipleship. It also meets to praise and worship God. Now, now I don't think there'd be any argument with that. I don't think anybody would argue with those things. Those, now watch though, those are important goals. Preaching is important. Teaching is important. Fellowship is important. Discipleship is important. Praising God is important. Worshiping God is it. How many of y'all would agree with that? And they should mark every church. But watch this. Yet none of these are the church's primary goal here on earth. None of those things is the primary goal and primary calling and commission of the church here on earth. What is the primary goal of the church? Our Lord answered that question by charging us, commanding us, commissioning us. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Make disciples of all nations. Say it with me. Make Say it again. Now look, the church's primary goal is evangelism. It is to carry on the work begun by the Lord Jesus Christ, whose mission was to seek and to save that which was lost. We are Jesus' hands and feet on this earth. Whatever he started and was doing while he was here, that is what we are supposed to do until he comes and takes us home. We are the body of Christ on this earth. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now, can we all stand in agreement that we are responsible for taking the gospel to every creature on this planet? It is our job. It is our goal. It is our purpose. It is our commission. It is our uh, 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 responsibility to share the gospel with every creature. Amen. Now, we take that very seriously here. Now, I want to share with you just a couple things before we get an outline. And I, I'm going to do the outline quick. The outline's real short. Uh, but this is, this is what I want to do. I want to, I want to show you from, from my standpoint what we are doing to do that. 
I want you to know I take this responsibility very, very seriously. I believe the Bible. And I, 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 listen, I want to do the very best I can to obey the Bible. It's not enough just to know it. It's not enough just to be familiar with it. We are not to just be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. Are y'all with me? So this is what we're doing to accomplish this purpose. All right. Several things, several things. Currently, right now, currently, right now, at Temple Baptist Church, we're teaching a curriculum in our life groups on how to share your faith, how to share your faith. Every single life group is going through this. They are watching videos. They have curriculum. They have teaching on it, how to share your faith, how to go to somebody and tell them the gospel, how to, how to tell your story, how to witness, how to tell them what Jesus done for you and not just what Jesus did for you individually, but what Jesus did on the cross for you. Are y'all with me? Say amen. So we're doing that because it's your responsibility. It's my responsibility to teach and train you. It's your responsibility to go out and apply what you are being taught and trained with. Are y'all with me? Okay, so we're, we're, we've got curriculum to share our faith. Then, number two, we started the DMD ministry and training center. The training centers you heard about in Nigeria. Uh, the training centers you heard about in Nigeria, 48 all over Nigeria. We have started that right here in, in Coleman County. Right across the road, God has provided a place, and it is now the DMD Training Center of Coleman, Alabama. Are y'all with me? Say amen. What is DMD? Disciples making disciples. We have people being trained every single Sunday. We have, I think, 21 to the, on, on Sunday, and then I meet with eight or nine pastors, or excuse me, seven or eight pastors on Thursday, and I'm training them and teaching them and helping them to be able to start with their churches to do the very same thing that they're doing overseas because we've got to get the gospel to every creature. And what is a disciple? A disciple is one who makes disciples. Are y'all with me? This is the way it should be. Every believer is a disciple. Every disciple is a disciple maker. Listen, every disciple is a potential church and every church is a training center. That is how it is supposed to be. Amen. It, is never, it is never God's intent for you just come and hear a good message and a good lesson and encourage you and fire you up and make you feel better about yourself and then go home. That, that's not God's intent, but that's the majority of churches in America today. I'm here to train you. I'm here to teach you. I'm here to help you to fulfill the great commission in our city. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. As I said, we're meeting with eight local pastors to help them. They are, they are already starting in a small way. And we really made a lot of progress this week. A lot of progress this week. I'm excited about what's going on with them. We are fixing to meet. We are fixing to meet uh, with a group of pastors in the Columbus, Ohio area. How many of y'all know Yankees need Jesus? <clears throat> Say amen. They need Jesus. They need Jesus. Amen. And, and, and we're going to meet with a lot of pastors. And if you're from the north here, uh, you had enough sense to come south. Say amen. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm teasing, kind of. <clears throat> All right. We are currently, that's what, and, and see, this is the thing I hear a lot. Well, I don't, I don't, think, I don't think we need to be doing stuff where people will never see. Uh, we got enough problems right here. That's why we're doing this right here. 
That's why we're doing, I, I truly agree with you. I agree that the, the light that shines the farthest, if we're reaching Belgium, uh, if, if, if we're reaching, uh, 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 you know, uh, Hawaii or we're reaching uh, 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 North Korea, I think we need to reach Hollywood. Right? Right? And so we're doing that. So don't come at me and say, well, I think we need to do it here. We're doing that. We're doing that. We are training and we're doing everything we can to do that right here. But we are also currently supporting church planning training centers in Burma, Nepal, Nigeria, India, and and future church planners that we're fixing to do with our project this week uh, or this this past month in northern, uh, northern Vietnam. So what are we doing? We're doing our job. We're doing our commission. We're doing what we're supposed to be doing. We are making an effort to make this happen. Are are, are y'all with me? Say amen. Amen. Now here's some symptoms. Here's some concerns that I have. Here's some concerns that I have. How many of y'all have ever heard the phrase, "You you can lead a horse to water, but... Now we can put these opportunities out there, but I can't make you partake in it. Now, here's some things that are concerning me. And, I, and, I, and this is not a blame and this is not, uh, this is, this is not a scolding by no means. I, if anybody needs to be scolded, it's me because everything rises on leadership and I understand that. And I need to do a better job with this. But here's the problem. We, we started a curriculum in life groups. We started the, the Share Your Life curriculum, which is how to share your faith. And when we began this new curriculum, several people dropped out. Several others complained about it and didn't want to do it. Some just flat out said, I'm not sharing my faith. That, that's, that's a problem. That's a problem. So, so secondly, out of 2,500 attenders that come to temple, only 21 felt a burden and committed to be trained to go make disciples. That's a problem. Now, the month that is, is dedicated to focus on the main purpose that God has given us in the church, the month of October for the last three or four years, we've committed that month to focus on that month to really commit to making a dent in the cause of Christ or making a dent in the devil's kingdom with the cause of Christ to focus on missions, which is our, we, we all shouted and we all raised our hand. I mean, we, we can't go back. We, we all know, we all agree that this is our main purpose and this month, and we went back and looked, in the last couple of years has been the least attended month of the year. In other words, when people realize it's missions month, they decide not to come till it's over. That's a problem. Because one or two things, one or two things is the deal. One is, is you really don't understand how important this is. And that falls back on me. And so I got to do a better job of communicating the, the, the priority of missions. But it's either that, and, and, and I believe a lot of it's that, and, and, and I'm going to be working on that. I promise you I'm going to be working on that. But either it's you don't understand how important this is, or you just don't care. And I, I, I'm praying it's not that. I'm, I'm praying it's not that. Listen, this is really important, guys. We've got all of these opportunities to, to, to share our faith and get the gospel out. But you can lead a horse to water, but you can't. All right, out of the 798, this is how many given units we have at Temple. 
Not, not how many people, but how many, in other words, how many families. Because a lot of families give as one. One unit per family, you know, we give as a family. Does everybody understand what I mean by that? It's not the, the amount of people we have, but, you know, you have 798 given units that, that have given and are giving on a regular basis to, to tithes and offerings and that kind of thing. Out of the 798 given units here at Temple, only 183 gave to the mission project this year, which is less than 23%. Now, that goes back, and we're not communicating how important this is. And it's not, it's not the fact, now, trust me, and, 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 and we, can, we, can, we can give excuses, we can, we can do whatever, but we know we do this every year, and, and uh, things are pretty good in the country right now. Uh, man, I, I, I'm, seeing, I'm seeing big ticket items, you know, campers and new cars and vacations and all, and I'm not against none of them. I want you to take all that you can. If you can take five vacations a year, rock on and do the beach, do the mountains, do Disney World, do anything you want to do. But don't forget about the, the sick who need a physician. Are y'all with me? And so we got to pray about this. We got to pray about this. I can't manufacture a burden. I've tried that. Have y'all ever tried to, to, to be burdened about something? It don't work, does it? That's not something you can work up. Uh, there, are people that, there are people that have different burdens about different things. They, they are. Some people are really high on abortion, fighting abortion. Some are really high on fighting human trafficking. Uh, some are really high on fighting the homeless situation. Say amen, Brother Travis. And we all have different passions and, and different burdens. But I found out this. You cannot manufacture a burden. This is something God has to do. And so I want you to join me in prayer that not just some of us get a burden for this, but that all of us get a burden for this. Now, if we can do, if we can do, if we can do almost 100,000 with less than 23% of our church, can you imagine if all of us jumped in and did just a little bit? So pray about it. Pray about it. Ask God to speak to your heart. And, and, and I want to try to answer the question right now. Why? Why? Because I know it's there. Why are we doing this? Why is preacher putting them huts up on the platform? Why, why are they doing them little skits? Why is it? This is just a, this is just a, why? Well, let's see if we can answer it. Jesus had the same problem. People didn't understand his, his motives. They didn't understand his methods. They didn't understand what he's doing. And so there's four things in this chapter and, and in these verses I want to share with you. Number one, number one, I, I want you to see this. First, we start out with a sinner. We start out with the sinner, right? Everything, everything starts out with the sinner. Uh, how many of y'all, and when I say sinner, I, just put over to the left side of that, lost. Put that, lost. Lost. I want to clarify that that's a lost sinner. Because you, can, you can be a saved sinner, right? But I want to clarify this. This is when he was lost, all right? And we're referring to Matthew or Levi. And we'll use the term Levi and say that was pre-Jesus, all right? We'll, we'll, so we'll, we can distinguish. It's the same person, but Levi is before he met Jesus. Matthew is after he met Jesus, all right? Because we know Matthew as the gospel writer, okay? Does everybody understand that? 
and, and that way we can distinguish pre-Jesus and post-Jesus, right? So we find pre-Jesus Levi. He is a hated publican. He's a hated tax collector. Nobody likes him. They all want him dead. Yet you have a savior that says that he saw, and this is what I love. He saw a publican. Now, when he saw him, he saw him different than we see him. We see the one that's stealing our money. We see the one that's teaming up with Rome. We're seeing the one that is a traitor in our eyes. And we see the one that we need to burn at the stake, but not Jesus. When Jesus saw the sinner, when Jesus saw the publican, when Jesus saw the one that was hated greatly, he saw someone who would drop everything and follow him. Jesus saw one that one day would write a gospel book that we can take and study and edify one another with. Somebody say amen. I am glad that we have a Savior who will look beyond our faults and sees our need. He doesn't see us in our condition. He doesn't see us the way everybody sees us. He sees not my problem. He sees my potential. He didn't see what I was. He saw what I could be. Somebody say amen. We see the sinner. What is he? He's called. He's called. Write that down. That's that's first. He's called. Say it with me. He's called. How many of y'all remember the day God called you? The psalmist said it this way. I waited patiently on the Lord and he inclined unto me and he heard my cry and he brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay and set my foot on a rock and established my going. I couldn't get to where he was, so he came to where I was. Somebody say amen. You didn't deserve it. Listen, there's nothing about Matthew's life that deserved the favor of the Messiah coming to him. And yet he loved him enough to come to where he was. And I like this part too. He was in the middle of the treachery. He wasn't in the temple. He was in, did y'all get that? He was in the act of extortion. When Jesus called him. Think about that. He said, come and follow me. And you know what he did? Follow him. So now let's transition from the sinner Levi, who is lost, to the saint Matthew, who is saved. That's number two. Let's, let's look at this. Look at this. Look what happens. This is amazing. Look at this, Luke Luke chapter 5. So the sinner is, he's Levi, but what is he? Called, okay? The sinner is called. He is called. He's in a lost condition and he's called to follow Jesus. And so what 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 does the sinner do? He follows Jesus. When you become a follower of Jesus, you go from being lost to saved. Are y'all with me? Now watch what a saved person did. Watch what a saved person did. After he left all and rose up and followed him. Now he's following Jesus. Look at the very first thing he does. I'm going somewhere, guys. I'm going somewhere, I promise. Look at the very first thing a follower of Jesus does. And Levi, who we'll call Matthew now because he's saved and following Jesus, he made him a great feast in his own house and there, who did he invite? He invited a great company of publicans and sinners. 
publicans and sinners. Here's what I want you to write down in, in, your, in your notes. We see the sinner is called and then the saint is concerned. The saint is concerned. You know what was the first thing that run through Matthew's mind after he become a follower of Jesus Christ? You know what the first thing that ran through his mind? I know some people who need Jesus too. Let that simmer a minute. The very first thing that ran through a new follower of Christ's mind is there's other people that's just like me. And so what did he do? He provided an opportunity for his sinner friends to come to Jesus. When's the last time you created an opportunity for your sinner friends to come to Jesus? Can y'all see the burden in Matthew's heart? Can y'all see the concern and the desire he had? You got to come meet this guy. He didn't care that I was a tax collector. He didn't care that I was a sinner. He didn't hold my past against me. He loved me right where I am. Guys, you need to meet this guy. But yet, yet Christians in America, Christians in America, do you realize it's a... The percentage of Christians that share their faith is in single digits. Single digits. How many of you here, we we just were shouting a while ago. When I said, how many of y'all remember when Jesus called you? And you started thinking about the day you got saved. You started thinking about the guilt and the shame that you felt. Then you started thinking about the relief and the peace that you felt when you realized you were forgiven and you were delivered and you were no longer going to hell, but now you're going to heaven. You are no longer living in darkness, but now you're living in the light. And man, that excited you and that got you all jazzed up and son, you was amen and you was shouting, yeah, I remember that. When's the last time you told somebody about that? When's the last time you shared that with somebody? Because I know you know somebody who needs it. This is why. This is why we've got curriculum to help you and teach you how to share your faith. See how important this is? Because as a follower of Christ, we're supposed to be helping others follow Christ. And if if all you're doing is coming to church and acting religious, you're not really following Christ. I hate to say this, but you're kind of acting more like the Pharisees who know the rules and they're trying to live by a set of religious fundamentals. But you know the difference? You know the difference between a follower of Christ and a religious person? A follower of Christ will go gather sinners and bring them to Jesus, and a religious person will complain about how the service went. Yeah. Amen. Let me show you. 
I know y'all don't believe me. So let's look at verse 11. Okay. Not verse 11. Let's look at verse, let's look at verse uh, 30. 30. When you're there, say amen. Now, how many of y'all can see the concern of the saint? How many of y'all can see that? He's concerned, so he gathers all his sinner friends. The prostitutes, the, the, the hit men, the enforcers, the other tax collectors. Come, you got to meet this guy. He's concerned about their, their safety and their salvation. But, there's always a but. You try to do something for God, but there's always a but. Literally. Verse 30. But they're scribes and Pharisees. Now, who would these people be? They would be classified as the religious crowd. You know, the good church going people. What's the next word? Come on, everybody. Murmured. Murmured. I looked up the word murmured. It means to grumble. Say it with me. Say it again. So I looked up the word grumble. I looked up the word grumble. Oh, mercy. The word grumble, watch this now. Watch this. Watch this now. Don't be looking at nobody. Keep, keep, keep looking straight on. Straight on. The word grumble means to complain or protest in a bad, te- watch this now, in a bad tempered but typically what does that mean? It means you won't come out and go to the preacher and say, I just don't like this. You'll just. <laughs> you will seek somebody else that you think don't like it either and y'all team up. People, people. Well, come and say, preacher, so-and-so has said this. They don't like that curriculum, or they're just going to quit life group. Or they, but none of them ever come tell me. Listen, let me, let, me, let me give you some help. I'm probably setting myself up for a bunch of appointments this week. But <laughs> if you are complaining to someone who cannot solve your problem, you're just whining. They didn't like what Jesus was doing. They didn't like his method. They didn't know his motive. Why is he doing this? And when they didn't understand it, they grumbled. And they complained and they murmured. I don't know why we're doing this curriculum. I, we, I was good with the question. I, I like the question, how we're doing it. I don't know why preachers got to change everything all the time. I'll tell you why we got to change everything. Because we ain't doing what we're supposed to be doing. Because if we was doing what we were supposed to be doing, there wouldn't be an empty seat in this building. That's why. Well, I don't like that. There's 5,000 other churches in Coleman. Help yourself. My job is not to pacify you. My job is not to pet you. My job is to train you to go and make disciples. We're running out of time and the devil is winning. I don't have no time for this foolishness. 
When I hear of missionaries who are having their teeth busted out and they are more upset that their little Bible recorder got messed up than their own front teeth and people that are going and risking their lives for the gospel, don't bring me your garbage. Your complaint, your whining, well, I don't want to do this. Don't do it. But don't stop somebody else's trying. Lastly, and by the way, I'm transferring all my appointments to Travis this, this week. <laughs> Stand up, Travis. Hold your hand up. You're the, you're the man. And his assistant is the bearded one right beside him. If Travis can't handle you, he will. And I'll go. <laughs> Leslie, Leslie. We see the sinner. We see the saint. Then we see the self-righteous. The sinner is called, the saint is concerned, the self-righteous is complaining. Number four, how many are glad that the Savior comes in on the scene? I'm glad the disciples didn't have to answer for Jesus. Jesus heard their mumbling and their grumbling and their complaining and their whining. He said, let me, I got a word, I got a word. Jesus begins to confirm something. He helps them understand. What is two things, two things, two things he is confirming here in this situation. Write it down because I'm out of time. First, he's, un- he's confirming a truth. He's confirming a truth. Jesus answering said unto them, They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are... They're saying, why are you hanging out with publicans and sinners? Why are you doing this? And Jesus is saying, because they're sick. They're sinners... And I'm a savior. They are sick and I'm a physician. Why are we sending all this money to Africa? They're sick. Why are we going to northern Vietnam? Because there's not a church on every corner. There's not a church in every village. You've got your pick of dozens and dozens of churches. You pass them on the way here. There are no churches there. They're sick and they need a physician. That's the truth. That's the gospel. That's the hard, cold fact today, ladies and gentlemen. We are spoiled rotten in America. You can turn the TV on. You can turn the radio on. You can hear the gospel anytime you want it. You can listen to blogs. You can do whatever you want to do. But we are talking about little children who will grow up and die and never hear the name of Jesus. I'm telling you why we're doing this. They're sick and they need a physician. I was hanging out. I was hanging out with a group of coon hunters one time at the Bethel, at the Bethel Exxon, a little gas station over there. One of them was named Fat Rat. <laughs> Jeremo, am I, am I lying? I'm not lying. It was a whole bunch of them. It was a whole bunch of them. And, and they're, they're, they're a rough crew. They are. I'm telling you, they was a rough crew. And a lot of them got saved. Well, we were sitting in there, and, 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 the, and the lady that worked in there walked by, and this was a long time ago. And, and she said something kind of off color, off wall. And, and Fat Rat said, hey, hey, be careful. This is the preacher right here. And she turned around real sarcastic like, well, then what's he doing hanging out with y'all? <laughs> I could feel my blood coming right up into my earlobes. I wanted to. <clears throat> but the Holy Ghost came over me. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> And I just turned around and I said, ma'am, who do you think needs me the most? 
That's all Jesus is saying. He's telling these self-righteous people, you don't even think you need a physician. You're sicker than they are, but you're good with yourself. You're religious. You got your little way. Hey, leave them alone. What's the truth? They're sick. They need a physician. But then he confirmed this, the task. Not just a truth, but a task. I think that's the word, isn't it? Isn't that the word I used? The task. He said, that's why I came. I came to seek and to save that which was lost. I came to call the sinners to repentance. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to confirm a truth to you. We've got a job. And, and you need to take your, your, your traditional mindset of what you think church is and probably scrap it. Just go ahead and throw it out and start over and get a Bible and let's start this thing over and let you learn what the church is really about. Some people are satisfied and happy if we bury their dead and marry their young and visit them when they're sick and then they're fine. That's not it. It's getting the gospel to every creature. Go ye into all the world. Preach the gospel to every creature. That's the goal. And as long as I'm breathing air, you can take this to the bank. And I'm not being smart and I'm not trying to be arrogant. I promise you I'm not. I, I, I've, I've called preachers to help pray for me for this message because I don't want it to come across that way. But I want you to know how urgent this is and how serious this is. Till the day I die, till the day you run me off, I'm going to do everything I can to preach and to teach and to train you to be a disciple maker, to take the gospel, not just to Israel, not just to uh, Zimbabwe, not just to Jericho, not just to Korea, but to Holly Pond. Dude, listen, we need to go to West. Point. We need to go to Vinemont. We need to go to Hansville. We need to go to Decatur. Listen, we are all missionaries. And we need to, I hate to say this, but we need to get our act straight. When we have the statistics that I just read, the lowest attended month of the year is the year we focus on our main purpose. When less than 25% help to make this happen, we got work to do, guys. We got work to do. How many of y'all can see, and and by the way, that's probably a good number compared to many churches in America. As sad as that is, guess what? What if all the real, true, professing Christians would join in and help with this cause? Reaching the world would be no problem. We all think this is an impossible task. It's not impossible if we all do what we're supposed to do. You know how I know that? Because Jesus would have never commanded us to do something that we didn't have the ability to do. And I want to answer one thing. Preacher, you don't know how broke I am right now. Okay, I get that. I'm there on a regular basis. I'm there on a regular basis. You know how I've gotten my offering? And some needs that I've had met here recently, gone, I don't have it. You're going to have to give it to me. You're going to have to give it to me. Somehow or another, he did. And I, I know I'm way over time, but I'm going to tell you this. Did you even pray and ask God to give you something to be able to give? Or did you just sit in your mind, I don't have it, so I'm not going to do nothing? Because I promise you, I promise you, God wants this to happen. 
and, and, and God wants the gospel to get to every creature. And so I promise you this, he will help. He will give it to you if you're willing to give it. And it'll come from nowhere. Amen. Two Wednesdays ago, before I had to drive to Ohio, my tires were slick as snot. I'm talking about slick. I, well, I'm going to just leave that right there, all right? And I was walking in this parking lot, and I was praying, Lord, I need some tires. I need some tires. This was on a Wednesday afternoon. And I'm exercising, trying to walk and, 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 and do all this, and I'm praying at the same time. And by the way, that's a great time to pray, God. I said, Lord, I don't want to tell nobody. I'm not going to tell nobody. I'm not going to let anybody know that I've got this need. I want you to do it. Because if, if, if it happens, I know you did it, and it wasn't no manipulation whatsoever. So I'm not going to tell one single soul, but Lord, help me with some tires. That night, God is my witness. If you don't believe me, I can provide the person, but shake me for my word. I was standing right over there and somebody came by me and shook my hand and just said, I just, here you go, preacher, I want to be a blessing. And it was the exact amount to put the same identical tire that I had on the truck, a brand new set of tires, that night, four hours after I asked God to provide the need. Four hours. I know what you're thinking. Man, is he connected. Let me help you with that. Huh? I'm nowhere near as close to God as a lot of people I know. But guess what? I'm one of his children. And I went to him and I said, God, I just want to honor you and I want to bless you. Lord, help me with it. And guess what? If you do that with this, preacher, I don't have no money to give to this. Ask God to give it to you. But I promise you this, if you ask God to give it to you and you give it, or he gives it to you and you spend it on a bass boat, he will sink your boat. So if he gives it to you to give, give. Well, I'm, I'm giving, I, I've heard people say, well, do it on a credit card. No, don't do that. That's stupid. Just ask God to give it to you. And he will. But when he does, if you don't, if you don't believe me, uh, go back and listen to two Wednesday nights ago on Ananias and Sapphira. Church, say amen. amen. Let's stand. Let's stand. Let's pray for a burden. Let's pray that we'll get a burden to do our job. And that's get the gospel to every creature. Because this is important. This is important. Guys, do you realize the only thing that we can take to heaven with us is somebody else? The only thing that you're going to be able to see in heaven because of what you do right now is the people that get saved. There's going to be Nigerian people run up to you and you ain't even going to know them. And they're going to say, thank you so much for giving. So this plan, church planning center can be here. Now me and my family's in heaven because of what you did. People in Nigeria and northern Vietnam are going to be in heaven because of what you did in Coleman, Alabama. And all God's people see it. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for your, your love and your